You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony. I'm speaking with Rachel Swirsky. She has a collection coming out called How the World Became Quiet. She just read Death in the 24-Hour Donut Shop. Thank you for joining me, Rachel. Thank you. Glad to be here. That was a phenomenal story, and what really interested me about it was that though it had just it unrolled like a story of supernatural and life after death, it really had the feel of a science fiction story. That's good to hear. I actually, I overheard a little bit of Robert Sawyer's interview where he was saying that he thinks fantasy and science fiction are sort of opposites, and I'll be interested to to hear him elaborate on that. Because I'm not sure that all science fiction is all that plausible, actually. (laughs) Um, And I think they're they're both sort of uh, imaginative travelings, and I know I come to the world as a materialist, and so I actually sometimes do get that feedback on my fantasy that it reads like science fiction. Well, I think what was interesting about it was that you took that fantastic notion, but then you just kind of locked it into this very solid, logical following forth on your premise and gave us two great characters and a fantastic prose voice. I would just was fun to hear you read that. It's fun to read because, you know, it's silly. and I, I like reading things that hopefully the audience is amused by, you know. It's easier to keep attention when people are like laughing, and you don't. You can also make them cry, but then everyone leaves bummed out. So, what fun is that? <laughs> when you compose a story like that, talk about deciding on the premise and then finding the voice. Do the voices are are your voices similar, or do you find voices match premises? I find voices match characters. I actually, uh, I think language is the most deft tool that writers have to express character. In some stories, that character will be a narrator who is separate from um, either individual. In this case, uh, the prose is close enough to Ruth's head that it's much more similar to her voice. I know a lot of writers can kind of change the voice that comes to them once they come up with the idea. I can't. The, the premise, the character, the voice, those are all you know givens. And then I can work on other stuff after that. Have you written science fiction? I mean, like with technological speculation? Talk about uh, choosing the kind of technology you speculate about. I uh, did have an anthropology degree, and my interests are mostly in anthropology, psychology, sociology. Um, So the kinds of technology that I'm interested in are less awesome space stuff. I love awesome space stuff, but more... I I love to read other people's awesome space stuff. But I uh, end up trying to look more at how characters are affected, what they call the social science fiction. Um, So that ends up... uh, I actually have a story that's not dissimilar from the one Robert Sawyer's premised on uh, about PTSD and and future cures for that. I think uh, it can be really interesting ways to explore society, social change, and psychology. Now, uh, you have worked mostly in short fiction, but you're writing a novel. I'd like you to talk just a little bit about making that transition. That's a big transition for a writer to make, and everybody really wants to make it. Yeah, it's it's that little thing called money, uh, which is complicated by the fact that novels are really long. Um, I actually have the full outline, and I have been working on it for about a year and a half. I'm pretty I'm pretty sure it's solid, but I'm a very slow writer, so it'll sometimes take me five years to finish a novella. So it's not too shocking that it's taking me this long. I am writing an action-driven, mostly linear novel, and so a lot for me of the transition had to do with you know making sure that it was all very complexly plotted out in advance. And with short stories, I think 
I have relied a lot more on emotion or voice to get me through sometimes, and I'm really emphasizing structure, and I, I think it's an interesting form to work with. So this must be a big change for you because I'm guessing when you write a short story, you just essentially sit down and dream it up in one session. I used to. I can't really do that for things that are too long. And so as my short story lengths have gotten longer, I'll make outline notes. But they're still a lot less intricately plotted with, you know, this character is secretly doing this behind the scenes and you have to plant clues so that there can be a revelation later. So I'll have a vision for the story, I guess, when I sit down. But it does take me a long time to run down the specifics. Do you have a preference for writing stuff that's kind of supernatural fantasia, like the story you read, as opposed to science fiction? Or does it just whatever strikes the, you in terms of the character? Uh, premise, I would say. Uh, whatever whatever I'm interested in dealing with the ideas of. Uh, for me, science fiction is a much more idea-generated genre. Like I'm much more likely to work with science fiction if I have what I think is a strong or interesting idea. If I'm just kind of sitting and, and I want to write something ridiculous about a 24-hour donut shop and wedding chapel, which does exist, then I'm more likely to sort of go into a fantastical space with that. I sometimes I even write lit fic, <laughs> can I say. Talk about uh, creating the voice for that story, because it was a really strong and very individual voice, and it seemed like the prose was very, very polished. Does that pour off the tip of your pen? I actually draft and redraft like crazy. I don't know how many drafts this went through. I can do up to 16 or 20. I retype every word so that I can interrogate the word choices. I'm starting to relax on that a bit, which is good for my sanity and also for if I ever want to write a novel, because you can't retype 100,000 words 20 times and still get them done. Talk a little bit about where you came from as a writer. What made you decide to start writing this kind of fiction? And Because you clearly have been interested in writing for a long time. If you graduated from Clarion and the Iowa Workshop, that's a kind of like a, a being a Republican and a Democrat at the same time. Oh, I hope not. I actually think that there's a lot of overlap between the genres. and I mean, they're marketing categories, right? So like, there's plenty of stuff in science fiction that I'm not interested in, and plenty of stuff in lit that I'm not interested in. And then there's plenty of stuff like Callie Link, who's where she living somewhere on the border that I totally adore. So I grew up reading all kinds of literature and science fiction. My parents had a huge shelf of it. For some reason, I also read things like mysteries, and that didn't take, maybe because they're hard to plot. I don't know. Those are all ranges of my experience as a reader, so they're ranges of things that I write. Do you write more than one thing at once? Or are you writing short stories as you write the novel? Yeah, I totally have no attention span. So um, I always have like 50 open projects. And at the moment, I'm working on a novella, the novel, and a short story. Tell us about getting stuff published because it's... Is it easier now than it was back in the SASC days? Were you around in those SASC days? A little bit. I started publishing in 2006, so it was already on the border of the e-transition. Super easy for me. I mean, I know John Scalzi says he doesn't even own a printer. That basically, if you can't accept an e-manuscript from him, he's not going to submit to you. I do own a printer, but I can't even remember the last time I had to print something out to send it to someone. So from my end, it's nice. Responses are fast, and it doesn't cost you money. Is there, a, is there much money in the the short fiction world, short fiction easings? I actually do a lot better than a lot of short fiction writers that I know. I'm not very aggressive about marketing or about my rates or anything like that. I could probably make below the poverty line, but enough to like keep myself on if I was very careful on short fiction, if that was what I wanted to do. I don't uh, make that much money, partially because I'm, again, I'm not aggressive about it, and I don't have to be because of my financial situation. But you know, things, 
it's never going to be a great wage, but it, it doesn't have to be as dire as people worry, I think. When you finish this novel, are you going to write another? I hope so, yeah. I actually have plans for a sequel to the novel and also uh, a literary novel I've been trying to write for many years. I've been speaking with Rachel Swirsky. She read Death in the All Night Donut Shop. Thank you for speaking with me, Rachel. Sure. You're listening to the Agony Column News Report featuring interviews, phone interviews, reports from live book events and festivals, and conversations with readers. You can find additional news, interviews, book reviews, and more five days a week at the Agony Column website at trashotroncom agony.